return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. So as appropriate, uh, shared the video from Nepal. It was the Nepalese, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened in in just such a tremendous way uh, several years ago with our friends when they were there. This was a place that they didn't believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or tongues or anything like that. And yet, boom, it happened in this youth meeting. And uh, they prayed a long, long time. People got blessed and set free and so forth. Showed a part of it here in church. So today I want to touch again a little bit on the Holy Spirit. So John chapter 20, John chapter 20. Uh, Jesus is uh, talking, he says, peace to you as the Father sent me, I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now this can sound, it is simple. So sounds simple, it is simple. However, it takes action on our part. Uh, there's two, two big things here. First of all, or three things. First of all, we have to receive peace, amen, the peace of God. And then we also have to understand that he's sending us. Well, where is he sending us? Where is Jesus sending you and I? Well, he's sending us to your world. Okay, to wherever you live, wherever you work, the people that are around you. Jesus is sending you to them. To do what? To be a light for him. Because he's the one that gives life. All right, so, so wherever you work, it's not an accident where you work or where you live or the people you know. But be a light to those people. Don't be a secret service Christian where they don't know that you even believe in God. All right? you, want to, you want people to know that you love Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. That, now, just, just those words are powerful. To say, I love Jesus. Or to say to somebody, at a cashier or somebody, you say, you know, Jesus loves you. How hard is that? Right? Not hard. Right? Say, Jesus loves you. Okay, so he sent, he's sending us. Now, the key part of that, this, the first part was receive the Holy Spirit. When he's talking about receive, we have to welcome the Holy Spirit. And in so many, uh, lots of times in Christian circles, they talk about God, they might mention Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is like some strange relative that no one wants to talk about. And uh, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is God, all right? And so we want to talk about the Holy Spirit, because Jesus, when he ascended up on high, sent back the Holy Spirit for all people to receive. Amen. He said he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. So for anybody who gets born again, now the Holy Spirit is available to everybody. It's a big deal. Old Testament, Old Testament, there were people anointed in particular for a certain function or task. The priest was anointed or maybe a prophet was anointed. But the New Testament, it is for all of us. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So we want to welcome the Holy Spirit. When Jesus breathes, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They, they welcomed the Holy Spirit. They welcomed the work of the Spirit in their life. Amen. It's like the doormat is out. So they embrace the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people think, well, I don't understand it, or I'm not sure what's, what's going to happen or whatever. That's why we have the Bible, of course. 
So when you read in the New Testament, read what Jesus talked about, the Holy Spirit and so forth, a book of Acts and the other books in the New Testament, well, then you become acquainted with the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, it's like the door of your heart. It's like there's a stranger there and like, oh, no, no, I don't think I want you in my life. No, we want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to know that the Holy Spirit is good. The Holy Spirit comes to do good things. The Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus. Holy Spirit comes to talk to us about Scripture and all kinds of stuff. So we want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Have the mat out. The welcome sign. In your prayer life, in your, in your devotional life, you don't want to have limits on God. Well, I'm going to go so far. This is all I believe. I'm going to go so far. No, open up the door. Because I've known the Lord now quite a while, you know, since, since college. And I realize the more I know him, the more I actually feel like I don't know him. He's so big and he's so good and the scripture is so good. And so I read it and I think, oh, Lord, like Paul said, oh, that I might know you. You know, that I might know you. So God is so good. It's not, we don't ever, we don't ever reach a place like, okay, I know it all. No, no. We, we're always growing. We're always students. We're always, that's what a disciple is. We're always uh, growing in his presence. Amen. So we want to welcome that out. Now, you don't, uh, Galatians 3 verse 2. It's not like joining a church for this. Uh, uh, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? So it's not like, oh, you join at works of the law. Like, oh, you join a church, certain church, and then uh, those traditions, that's what you are. People say, well, you're Pentecostal or you're charismatic. I like to just say I'm a believer. Amen. I'm a believer. I'm a New Testament believer that believes the New Testament. And because of that, there's a lot of things that I do. It may fit this or this or this church. But the important thing is, is that it fits Jesus. Amen. It fits him. We are his disciples. We are his reflection. Many ministries go around the world making disciples of their denomination. So they go and they have their denomination and they're growing their denomination and they get people into their denomination and they baptize them in their denomination. All kinds of churches now, all right? Spirit-filled churches even. And they're part of that, which is just the opposite of what should be done. We want them to be disciples of Jesus Christ. They may go to church A, B, or C, but they're followers of Jesus. The only one who can save their soul is Jesus, so we want to follow Jesus. Amen? The dog tags that we wear are not our denomination, but it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I belong to Jesus. So, so that's the key thing. It's not religious traditions. It's not the works of the law or anything, but we're walking by faith. Now, it goes on farther in Galatians 3. Verse 13, and then it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us, hung on the cross for us, that the blessing of Abraham, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the wonderful thing about the Old Testament, we get all the blessings and all the good promises and leave leave aside all the law and all the curses. Amen? Because why? Because of grace, because of Christ in us. So the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we're receiving the promise of the Spirit by faith. So in other words, again, we're embracing. I think this, if the more we embrace the Holy Spirit, the more we'll experience the Holy Spirit. The more we say, Holy Spirit, just talk to me. Now, you don't have to worry about this because it'll always line up with the Bible. It's not something goofy, all right? 
It's not like, go over there and stand on your head. You know, probably not, probably not that, right? It's going to be something good. It's going to relate to the Bible. It's going to glorify Jesus. So I'm always saying, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Holy Spirit, show me which way to go. Guide my path and so forth. And he will. And he'll use his word as well. Amen. So we're embracing the Holy Spirit. And we receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Okay. Now, Matthew 21 then. Matthew 21, great verse. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Well, short scripture, powerful verse. Look at, look at the whatever. And it's things that, there's all kinds of things in life, but things that correspond with the Bible, right? You ask, ask the Father in Jesus' name in prayer. Now it says you have to believe or you're exercising faith and you will receive so all things, basically it's saying this, whatever you ask in prayer, you have to act like it's true. If you believe something, you act like it's true. You came in today, you drove here your car by faith, but most of you, I'd probably maybe say all of you, don't know how your car even works other than you've got a key. And nowadays you didn't even put a key in a, in a lock hole and so forth. You just press a button and your car starts. And then you, you move a, a, a stick or whatever, and it goes into a gear. And all of a sudden, you're driving, and you have this circle that turns you different ways based on how you turn the thing. But most people know nothing about their car. Isn't that right? Doesn't know how it operates, doesn't know all the mechanics of it and so forth, but you use it by faith. You use it by faith. In other words, you're believing something, you've learned about it, you've tried it and so forth, and you've exercised your faith to drive your car. So people think this. They say, well, I don't understand it. If I don't understand it, I'm not going to do it. I'm thinking, you're a big hypocrite. Drive your car, you don't understand it. Pick up your phone, you don't understand it. You can take your phone. Jeannie's got her phone, and we communicate even by Facebook Live, which we bless you today, wherever you're joining us from. But you'll communicate with people as we're here around the world because it's Sunday night, other places in the world, and texting. And you don't see those going out the room or anything like that. And the amazing thing, it's around the world, boom, in seconds. How does that happen? Well, you don't understand it, and I don't understand it. But it happens. Goes to a tower, pings off a tower, goes bing, around the world. There it is. Or we can be in India and we'll call back from India and show pictures and talk to you here and, and so forth. And there it's, there it's the middle of the night, you know, or it's just the opposite now. So, so technology, right? But you see, lots of people think, I have to understand it. I, I got to figure this out. Folks, you're never going to figure God out. You're never going to figure the Holy Spirit out. You're not going to do that. God is God. He's the great I am. He gave you a brain that's very finite. He's very infinite. So we need to have our trust just in Him. I don't know how the Lord does everything. I don't know how He heals people or sets people free. Even salvation is a wonderful thing. I walked into a bar one night when I was in college. God spoke to me in the bar. I walked out saved. It's like, wow. Walked in one way, left another way. Supernatural. He's a supernatural God. Our part is to believe. Amen. Our part is to have faith. If the policeman found you in your driveway 
And you're crying and say, I don't understand it. I don't understand this machine. He'd say, what don't you understand? I don't understand how it works. I can't use it. He'd say, did you start it? Do you, put it, do you have a license? Can you put it in gear? See, in the natural, people think, well, of course you, it works. You don't have to understand all that. The same thing spiritually. Don't let the devil lie to you. And don't let religious people lie to you that somehow you have to figure it all out. You just have to act like it's true. Isn't that right? So I've got my sheetrock drill here. You know, I started sheetrocking in the days when they just used the hammers. Now everything's very screwed and glued. Up, sheet goes up, and there it is. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Anybody know about sheetrock? <laughs> when he built this building, people thought, well, if you want a sheetrock it, you know, it'll save a little cost. Of it. Not touching it. You sheetrock it. <laughs> Heavy, hard, difficult work, right? So, so around the room, we're surrounded by power. And in the walls are cords. You know, conduit is in the walls. In fact, there's two power sources coming in the building. One over here on this side. And, and then under the floor is another one. So two 200-amp services. We plug a cord in to, a, to an outlet. So just by, just by, it's good to come to church. Amen? Yeah. It's good to worship the Lord. Take your hands for a second. Lift them up. And it's like the prongs on a cord, right? So you've got to plug in. You've got to exercise your faith. If you sit and think, well, I'm just going to wait for him to show me. Well, you're probably never going to see anything. In fact, people can come into a worship service and they're like this. Well, you know good and well, they're not getting anything out of it. The worship is not a concert. It's not just music like chorus. Worship is worship. So, so I close my eyes so I don't see you, no offense. And, and I close my eyes, I lift my hands because I'm plugging in to a greater power. And his name is Jesus. Amen. So you have to activate your faith. Incidentally, if you can't worship God here, as I've said this many, many times, you'll never worship God in a time of crisis or you'll never worship God in the hospital. Or in time there's you're in the emergency room, you're never going to worship God there if you can't worship in here. And yet the things like that start releasing the power of God. Amen. So you begin to activate your faith. Now, when you activate your faith, you're going to do something, right? So I've got, I've got my drill here, and I've got it plugged in, and there's a little light on it. In any case, there's power, so there's power here. But now I still have to do something to get to the power, and that's to activate my faith. So I'm doing something then. That's why we pray, right? We pray because we believe he hears and we believe we're going to have an answer. So we're, that's an activation of your faith. Amen. That's why you would pray publicly even for someone that needs help or whatever. That's why we witness. It's an activation of your faith. People say, do you believe? Oh, of course I believe. Does anybody else know it? I doubt it. <laughs> Nobody at work knows it. Nobody else knows it. Nobody sees it. No, people should see the light. We're saved, and Jesus said, you become the light of the world. Amen. So if people don't see you and I, how do we ever expect them to find Jesus, right? Amen. So when we begin to do something, then we pull the trigger of faith, and something is activated. All right? 
So when you move, when you step out, when you pray, when you witness, when you fall on your knees in your house, when you fast, you begin to activate your faith. You begin to believe that he hears you, folks. It's not how long you pray, how loud you pray, how many people pray. None of those things have anything to do with the answer. The answer comes with faith. When the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. He didn't say it's improbable. He didn't say it's unlikely. He said it's impossible to please God. I could have 60 people praying, doing whatever they want, and someone praying in faith. That's the connection right there. It's not an exercise thinking, well, okay, we did it tonight. Did our spiritual exercise. No, it's faith that activates the hand of God. Going and praying. Going and laying your hands. I talked about parents. You should lay hands on your children. What are you doing? You're blessing them. Not disciplining them. You're blessing them. You're speaking blessings over your kids. Many times in the Bible, that's Jesus took the little children up in his arms. And what did he do? He blessed them. Didn't baptize them. He blessed them. All right. So he blessed the children. In fact, he spoke over them. We don't know what he spoke, but I'm sure it was a good blessing. So when you do things, it activates you plugged into the power. But then all of a sudden there's an activation for something to happen without the actions, without faith. Nothing will happen. Nothing will take place. So we have to use our faith as trigger activating the things of God. The power of God activates faith. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 11 a second. Luke chapter 11 said, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Think about that. Ask, seek, knock. Very simple things. Very simple promises. Ask and it'll be given. If you seek, you'll find. Now, sometimes we think, well, I I asked yesterday. (laughs) There's no time limit on this, all right? So you continue to believe God. In fact, the Amplified says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Pursue the things of God. Well, how do I know it's God? Well, is it biblical? Let's just take healing, for example. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins and our healings at Calvary. He took that upon himself. So we believe God for it. Amen. So I believe God for people to get saved. Why? Because he wants to save them. I believe God for people to get healed because he wants to heal them. So, so what do we do? We pray. We believe. We, so if I have someone unsaved, what am I going to do? I'm going to witness, right? So to my parents, I'm going to witness to them when they were alive. Years ago, when we looked at something at my house, and my brother said, hey, I think you're going to want this. And here was a little, it was a, a letter that I sent from the Philippine Islands to my parents in 1975. And I wrote it. Of course, it's all by hand. No email in there those days, kids. So you wrote letters. Cursive. That's not a swear word. It's cursive. It's, it's writing. Or you could print, whatever. So I wrote to my parents, and my mom saved the letter. And it was all about Jesus, what we, why we were going. Because they thought I was crazy, of course. I just graduated from college, and you're going, you're going where? And you're doing what? And, and it wasn't in the Lutheran church. It was different to them. So, so I said, no, no, it's, this is a good thing. And so I wrote this letter, and I still have it now today. It was a seed planted. 
I wanted my parents to experience the same thing I had experienced, to have a relationship. Folks, it's not about a church now. It's a relationship, right? So I planted seeds, and through the years, I kept planting seeds. That's what faith will do. Because if you know it's his will to save someone, then you know you have a part in doing something. Nowadays, it's really easy. you got phones. You can just click, 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 get your thumbs going. Mine don't go as fast as some people's, but anyway, it gets there. Email, Snap. How many adults are on Snap? Snap. Twitter. There's all kinds of things that you can tweet out the gospel message, and it's not hard to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not hard. But to do it, but to do it takes an act of faith. So if you believe that Jesus Christ saves souls and so forth, you believe that he heals, well, then you want to activate your faith to do something. If someone is sick in our family or anybody's family, we want to go and pray. Why? Because we believe he answers prayer. We believe he wants to make people well. Isn't that right? I know, I know someday we're all going to meet the Lord. But in the meantime, we're believing for them to be well. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you well. He wants us well. So we're activating our faith. So it says then, we ask, we seek, and knock. And notice what it says in verse 10. Remarkable verse. Jesus said this. Everyone who asks, receives. Wow. Say, that's me. So in other words, if I'm asking in faith, and I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to stop. Hebrews even said some people died in faith, meaning they, they lived their life still believing for more. Say more. So you want to believe for more. Everyone who asks receives. You might have people in your life who prayed for you or witnessed to you or done things, and you're living in their prayers. Think, well, I'm really blessed. Maybe somebody is praying for you and witness for you and all that. You're living in that blessing. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. He who knocks, it will be open. So my part in that is just like, don't quit. Don't quit. Well, how long is this going to take? How long is this going to take? Well, it's not by your clock or our time, but it's on his time. And so our part is just to believe. Amen. Our daughter was sick for 12 years. Wish, wish she hadn't been that way. But we continued to believe. I'm glad we didn't stop believing. I'm glad we didn't give up. But that we continued to persevere and believe God for her well-being. And, of course, she's alive today. And, and we thank God for her life and her family. So, so notice the word again. Verse 10. You should, you should write the text down. That's why you have a scripture or thing in your bulletin on notes. To write things down, Luke 10, 9 and 10, but verse 10, everyone who asks receives. Everyone. John 16, Jesus says then in John 16, 23, you will ask, time will come, you're not going to ask me, you can ask the Father, okay? My Father will grant whatever you ask in my name. Look at this. Now, these are, these are things you can get this whatever. What is the whatever? The whatever is something that would be biblical, all right? Something that fits our life. Incidentally, does God say, well, can I pray for my job? Yes, you can. He wants to bless the work of your hands. Amen. So those are things in the Bible. All right. It's not necessarily where you work, but he wants to bless you in your work. All right. So whatever you ask in my name, he will grant you. He wants to, in other words, he wants to answer that. All right. So that you will be his witness. 
Now, how does this all happen? It all happens by the Holy Spirit. It all happens by embracing the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me, empowering me, gifting me, all right? It says, before this time, in verse 24, you, have, you haven't asked anything, all right, in my name, all right? But now, ask and keep on asking. Say, ask. Ask. Another version that Jeannie shared years ago was, please ask. Would you just please ask, keep on asking, and you will receive. Now, this is Jesus saying this. Why? So your joy, gladness, delight may be full and complete. So our part is just to keep on asking, just keep believing, keeping your hand to the plow, embracing the Holy Spirit, embracing the life of God. In America, we've gotten things real easy. So it's, it's real easy for us as Americans that everything's nice and comfortable. But most of the world is not that way. And so for most of the world, people are standing and believing. That, that video we saw the other day, you know, they're worshiping God, you know, in a village. And, yeah, they have plastic soda, soda bottles and so forth, and they're worshiping, you know, the goodness of God. Yeah. And uh, I just think he's, one kid was playing a stick. Kids were playing cans. All young people worshiping. Lots of times people think, well, I don't have anything to worship about. Don't let the devil lie to you. You're alive. You've been blessed with all kinds of blessings, more than anybody else on the planet. Even poor people in the United States are exceedingly blessed more than anybody on the planet. If you live in low-income housing, you're blessed more than anybody on the planet. You have a reason to be thankful. You have a reason to praise God. We don't have the police charging in on our meeting. We're not, we're not persecuted, at least now yet, but for worshiping Jesus. But in many parts of the world, they are. Many parts of the world, they are. You know, and we've gone to places where things have become very, very hostile. You have every reason to be thankful. And this is the time to be in the prayer room, in the faith room, and building your muscles and activating your faith. Sometimes people say, well, we really got to pray because they got a bad diagnosis. Well, let's start praying for a little diagnosis. Amen? It's like one day, years ago, years ago, there was a girl named Johnny, Johnny Erickson. And she got paralyzed in a diving accident and became a quadriplegic. And I was out at a gathering and so forth and and with men's gathering and so forth. And someone was criticizing her and said, if she had faith, she'd get out of that wheelchair. And I looked at him. He had a runny nose. And I said, well, until you get rid of your runny nose, you better keep your mouth shut. It's easy to say things. Isn't that right? How do we learn faith? By every little thing we do. How does a child learn to walk? By initially just standing up by the couch. And their legs are wobbly. Or how do your kids learn to pick up their room and use their muscles? Amen, parents. And by exercising, by using those muscles. That's how, we, that's how we develop our faith muscles. Amen? By use. So you have to use them. So if I'm going to believe God, I don't want to start on, on the person with the major diagnosis. I want to start... Let me pick something easier right now and exercise my faith here. Sometimes people say, well, it's a three-day flu. Well, let's believe for two days. 
How about one day? How about one hour? Exercising your faith. Because we can read the Bible and see where Jesus, boy, he just did this, boom, they were healed, he did this, they were healed, he did this, this change. Hallelujah. I love that. But a lot of things in life, we are applying our faith. We're learning to believe more and more. We're learning to ask, keep on asking and receiving so that we can walk in this victory. Amen. It's all, it's all a process. It's all a process. Acts chapter 19, they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Now, so they weren't even sure what they received, all right? Here's a statement. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, we don't even know. We've, we've heard about the Holy Spirit. God touches people sometime, and sometimes people become critical of other groups and so forth. And it's like, who's to say what God is doing, amen? In all kinds of places. And they said, well, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, well, we're not even sure. So in other words, they... they they weren't uh, uh, sure. They weren't accustomed. And they explained to them, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit. And then they explained about also getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized just means they're immersed. They're saturated. The, the whole word bap, baptized means to put under or to bury. So I'm buried in Christ. After I got saved, before we went to the Philippine Islands, somebody said, well, have you ever been baptized in water? I said, uh, don't think so. <laughs> Never heard of it. Brand new Christian, you know, learning, growing, so forth. Already filled with the Holy Spirit, but hadn't heard about really water baptism. And they said, uh, well, we can do that, I think, over at our church. And I said, okay. So this was a big church in Sioux Falls. And uh, their <clears throat> Sunday morning service was on Kello Radio. And so, First Baptist, and so they had a microphone down, and, and so here I am. I didn't even go to the church, but they said, let's baptize him. So, I'm there on the radio, didn't know that I was live on the radio, and I give my testimony, and they baptize me. And later on, I meet my parents, and my mother, on that particular Sunday morning, she's in the kitchen doing something, and she's got Kello radio on, and she hears this guy talking about how he got converted in Jesus. He's going to the Philippine Islands. And she thought, well, Dave's going to the Philippine Islands. She, she missed my name. See, she didn't hear my name. And then she found out it was me. And she thought, oh, horrors, you know. And I said, you know, Mom, the first time I got baptized, I don't remember anything because I was a baby. And I, had, I still had that baptismal gown that I wore. Cried through the whole thing. And, and uh, I said, I don't know anything about that. But now I've lived for Jesus, and I just want to follow things biblically. And God bless my mom, you know, she, she at least had enough uh, in her to understand. I'd share Bible and she'd say, okay. And she'd look in the Bible and see if it was in the Bible. So, so here now, they, they talk to him about being immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why is that power? Why is that necessary? Because we want all that God's got. Don't settle for a little bit when he can give you a lot. When Jesus talked about rivers of living water, he's not talking about, oh, there's a little stream, a little creek in there, you know. He's talking about rivers of living water flowing out of our innermost being. He's talking about the life of God, the presence of God. It's really quite powerful. I mean, it's really quite powerful. We haven't seen so much here in our country, but in other countries, we've just seen people all of a sudden, they just start, they're just praising God. They forget about everything else, and they're just praising God, and they're in the river. They're just in the flow. And it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. You don't even want to leave. You just want to stay there. You want to be in his presence. 
So there's something about having a little or having a lot. I want to believe for a lot. Can you say amen? Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, believe for a lot. So we want to get into the river of the Holy Spirit and all that he's got for us. So some years back, the, the Sioux River was high and we were down at Falls Park and the river was actually over its banks in different areas, but there was a platform down by the bridge, the one side of the walk bridge, and we got way down there, and the water's right to the bottom of it, and Jeannie turned on her phone. And you can see the water, the power, the rushing, the water, all the things, the noise, and so forth. That's how the Holy Spirit is. He's so big, he's so huge. Let's turn that on a second, Jennifer. I could think, I did not want that wooden platform, it was shaking, to fall in. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, you see the power. Folks, we want more, don't we? Don't you, don't you want more of what God has got to give? You don't want a little bit, you want a lot. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God who's unlimited. We have to understand that. He's so big. And, and we, we contain him so many times in our own little world. <laughs> But he's bigger than that. Let me give you one last scripture. John chapter 1. Just one last scripture with this. And that is that, that to as many as received him, to as many as did receive and welcome him, welcoming Jesus and so forth, he gave authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God, even to those who believe and trust in him and rely on his name. To as many as received him, he gave the power to become And that just talks about growth and development. So we want to keep growing. We want to keep developing. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to be out of your comfort zone. Because we all have a comfort, everybody has a comfort zone. Everybody has an area, well, this is, uh, that's okay, you know, but we're not, I'm not going any farther. And it's like, no, let's take another step, right? Let's take another step. It's like I was in the lake the other day, in the lake and so forth, and I was had a grandson with me. And uh, uh, so he's smaller than me, and we had a floaty thing. But, uh, you know, so I'm stepping back, and of course, it's going down. The water's going down. And he said, oh, Papa, I'm not going to go any farther. I said, come on, let's go a little farther. And then I said, come on, reach out your hand. So his hand was just like, ooh, I don't know. You know, he said, his finger out. And then I grabbed a hold of his finger, and I said, come on. So we pulled out, and then we got into deeper water still. And finally, deeper water where I couldn't touch. But he had the float in. I said, see, you're okay. You're okay, honey. You got that. Got me. And so forth. And it's going to be all right. It was an experience. When we step out in faith, all of us are nervous. When, what, was, what had happened the first time you drove a car? For you non, Let's talk to the non-farm kids, okay? That's, what happened the first time you drove a car? Because the farm kids drove the, all the time. So, well, I was nervous, right? It's like, 
you're nervous. You know, you got your hands at 10 and 10 and 2 and probably gripping them and so forth because you hadn't done it before. What's it like driving the car now? Just turn it on, look a backup mirror, okay, you take off. And hopefully you don't speed so you don't get picked up. See, you learn, right? You learn. What well, would be a different time if you drove a car, but now you drove a semi? It'd be a different thing, right? To have a CDL license. Or Amanda learned to drive a bus. I've never driven a bus. Steve drives buses all the time, all around the country. I've never driven a bus. To me, if I got on the bus, it'd be like, welcome, folks. Fasten your seatbelts. <clears throat> Here we go. You know. We're going, and, and I would inch along, and it's like, we're not going to get there for two days if you're at this speed, you know? So you learn to expand your comfort zone, right? Expand your comfort zone. Expand what you believe God can do. We're receptive. The Holy Spirit isn't going to do something bad. The Holy Spirit is going to do good things. We see that in the Bible, right? This is the, this is the thing that helps me to step out. Okay, Lord, you do good things. Hallelujah. Here I go. And you trust him. And what happens when we step out in faith, he'll show up. He'll meet you. He'll answer prayer. Maybe you didn't think, I didn't think that person could get saved. Hey, God's got everybody's number. Let me tell you that. He wants to save people. He wants to heal people. He wants to fill people with the Holy Spirit because that is what he does. That's what you see all through the Bible, right? And I like it, the fact that, go to the verse prior to this again, Jennifer. I think it was the verse prior to this. But I like it from the va- fact that, that uh, uh, I'm sorry, the verse prior to that one, maybe. I like it from the fact that your joy, glad, thank you, Jennifer, your joy, gladness, delight may be full. Be full, complete. So we don't want to look like the world, you know, that baptizing chick- pickled is how you doing today. Fine. Well, that's, we want to look a little better, right? You go to work and to work tomorrow. How do you want to look? A little light in your face. Why would there be a little light in your face? Because you know God's answering prayer. You know God's working. The Holy Spirit is working. Folks, he doesn't stop. If it's rivers, the river's not stopping, okay? The river at Falls Park doesn't stop, start, stop, start. And people think, I wonder today if the river's flowing at Falls Park. Well, it's flowing, Right? Go out, there, go out the bridge right out here. Yeah, it's flowing. God is always working. He's on your side. Bring him into your life. Bring him into your marriage. Bring him into your children or grandchildren. Exercise your faith. Amen. And I just think, let me just stop a second. I think for everybody here, there's something you want to just exercise your faith on. Take the hand of someone near you a second. Want to exercise your faith. You don't want to believe that it's not possible. You want to believe that it's possible. All things are possible when you believe. All things are possible. So I want to believe in the supernatural. I want to see the answer before I see the answer even. I want to see what he's doing. You see it before you see it. I see him doing good things. I see how good he is. I see he wants to touch lives. Think of someone maybe that isn't saved. Just, just picture them for a second, that God wants to save them. And you have a part in it, planting some seeds. Picture someone that may not be well, that God wants them well in Jesus' name. 
Picture, picture your own life, your own marriage, and God wants to put a spark in your marriage in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we just think, oh, life is dull and boring. No, no, no. God, is, God puts zest into us. Zest. Life. A purpose for living. Because He loves us. He cares about us. This joy. This joy that I'm talking about. I tell you what. He wants it to overflow in us. Amen. Lord, today I thank you for overflow. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. We embrace the Holy Spirit. We embrace you, Holy Spirit. We embrace what you're doing that you're doing good things. We embrace the fact that even now, answers are being manifested in the name of Jesus. We embrace the fact that we're going to ask, seek, and knock, and we're going to wait on you, Jesus. We're going to believe it, Lord God, that everyone that asks receives. We're going to believe it, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We exercise our faith today. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're living in us. You're empowering us in greater and greater ways. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your help, Spirit. Hallelujah. You're a mighty God. You anoint us to be your witnesses. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, even from this place in Brookings, South Dakota, you'd go across our city and our region and bless people, touch people through us, Lord God. Father, I thank you today for meeting people where they're at and drawing them closer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Now, what you need to do is stretch, right? Stand up with me for a second. Stretch. 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 Put your arms up like this. Now bring them back as far as they can go. And while you bring them back, stretch them down, all the way back down. Should feel something right in your, your shoulder blades, right? Bring them back up again. Bring them back. Now push them all the way back again. All, push them back all the way they can. Stretch, stretch things. Then, then you have to stretch your muscles. You have to stretch your leg muscles, right? I find the older I get, the stiffer I become. So I got to stretch more, right? Stretch. If your back is stiff, you know a good muscle to stretch, just incidentally, is your hamstring. Stretch your hamstring muscle, all right? Why? All these things are part of our lives. The same thing in faith. Stretch every day. Stretch your faith. Stretch in what you believe. And you might think, oh, so that's not possible. Who says it's not impossible? Who says it's impossible? God doesn't say it's impossible. He wants you to stretch your faith. Amen? Amen. All right. So bless one another. Encourage one another in Jesus' name. We'll have a good service tonight here as well. It's going to be a great week ahead. Amen in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.